Hey, guys, by the way, happy 50. Oh, is this um, our 50th episode? Wow. 50. Dang. Half a half a hundred. Half a hundred. <laughs> what president is on the 50? Oh, Grant? Wow. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was exactly what I was going to say. I think it's Grant. Good call. It is Ulysses S. Grant. Good job, Brian. Boom. History nerd. No right. one knows his currency like Brian Kill. No currency. Ladies and gentlemen, run around Stonehenge naked. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Hemsworth. And this is Mad <laughs> About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You like that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings, and then we break down our given movie of the week. Stay tuned for the end of the show. You will hear our weekly recommends. Also, make sure to like us on iTunes. Give us those five stars. Go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. All that good stuff. Brian, this week's movie of the week is... Marvel's Thor The Dark World. Some believe that before the universe, there was nothing. They're wrong. There was darkness, and it has survived. So, guys, I guess if you release a comic book movie sequel, it has to have the word dark in there yeah. somewhere. Yes. Yeah, Mandatory. Requirement. So yeah. it's Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. We've got Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Yet Thor: The Dark World. Any more dark? Uh, Iron Man three, darky dark. Dark. <laughs> well, guys, before we dive into the movie news, rumors, rumblings, I want to give a shout out on the podcast. Uh, this guy left a five star review on iTunes. So if you leave a five star review, we'll shout you out too. His review s- s- uh, subject is the unofficial podcast of McGruber, Vin Diesel, and Star Wars. Okay, first of all, wrong. Yeah, we're official. We're the guys. official podcast of MacGruber, Vin Diesel, and Star Wars. <laughs> if you can find a more official MacGruber podcast, <laughs> please. I defy please, you. Please, uns- you're welcome to unsubscribe to our podcast. Right. Uh, and tell us what it is so that we can subscribe to it. Right, right. But yeah, thank you for the awesome review. Uh, Token and Broken was your username. And I like the quote he said The Now You See Me podcast had me dying with laughter. Keep up the good work, guys. My so only question is, that is which one? Because we talked about Now You See Me in... Yeah, he probably only listened to last week's episode, and we <laughs> right. talked about it so much that he assumed it was our Now You See Me episode. Right. Right. <laughs> Tuned out immediately after the Now You See Me review. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, thanks for doing that. And so, uh, leave us an awesome review like that on iTunes, and uh, you too could have your name forever etched in Mad About Movies history. So, there you go. Man. Dude, another shout out. Our, uh, our our loyal listener Emily Tate sent me a uh, a text this morning and said she was listening to uh, Kid Craddock and uh, or whatever that show is now. May he rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> and they had uh, they had Forte. Speaking of MacGruber, they had Forte. What on uh, Kid Craddock? <laughs> yeah, it turns out it was like a flashback interview from a couple of weeks ago when he I think he was promoting Nebraska, perhaps. So uh, anyway. But uh, he said uh, he said the MacGruber sequel was quote his deepest desire. So, oh, we share that in common, that. Will. Yeah, we desire. I desire that at all hours. That, that gave me, that's what I said. Gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Just now. <laughs> yeah. 
His deepest desire. Is it sad that uh, I would say the same thing with zero irony? No. No. (laughs) Like, that is what I want most in the world. Like, (laughs) I would take, I mean, like, sure, I want there to be no more hunger or cancer, (laughs) but not more than I want a MacGruber movie. Another MacGruber movie. Yeah. We've already gotten one. Right. I think America would take to it the second time around. I do, too. It's, it's kind of become a, a uh, comedic classic. The world just wasn't ready for it. So they this, wrote it off, you know? Um, this Emily Tate person. I have yes. to run a test on her. Right. So she's a female? She is. With the name Emily? Uh-huh. And is she is she a MacGruber fan? Um, I think she's more of a fan of ours, less... I, no, oh, okay. well, I, I, get, I see where you're getting at, Richard, but as we all know, there are no female MacGruber. Yeah, they, they don't exist. This is why I, I like... Yeah. I, I know you got myself, excited there for a second, but no, I, 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 I consider no. I'd be kind of like weirded out, you know. If she's right. <laughs> but uh, I consider myself a scientist of these things, and I, I just need to know, you know, for my research, right. if there's yeah. a new female MacGruber fan. But I'm hey, sure thanks there's for not an outlier or something. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm always in search. It's like uh, it's like Bigfoot, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Always. That's why I never got about the Finding Bigfoot show, like. You know they're not going to find him, so why tune in? It's not right. like you're going to be like, "Oh man, I missed the episode where they actually, they actually found Bigfoot." I didn't DVR that one, man. Sixty-four episodes of this, and I missed the one. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, but guys, is a is a MacGruber miniseries out of the question? <laughs> I'd go straight to Netflix for MacGruber. Totally, they should I really do. Would. I want literally, a sequel. Yeah, or like Sherlock, and do like three mini movies. <laughs> You mean you mean three movies that are the exact same length of the original? Movie? Yeah, exactly. It fits the format perfectly. They could do they could do you know a little mini series of MacGruber. I'd be I'd actually be more pumped about that. <laughs> great great segue, Richard. It's always a great segue with groups. Uh, so let's talk a little movie news. Movie news. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. So speaking of the exclusive Netflix series, a bombshell was kind of dropped last week, literally a couple hours after we recorded last week's podcast, or I I think we would have talked about this. Uh, The Disney just wasn't happy enough with confirming that Star Wars would come out uh, over Christmas of 2015. They also dropped the bombshell of the four Marvel series that are going to be exclusive to, to Netflix. Um, over the next uh, couple of years. I don't believe we talked about that last week, did we? No, 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 we didn't. Okay, good. So, did you guys hear about this, Brian? Anybody? Yes, yes. What are your thoughts, Brian? I, I uh, look, some of these mm, side characters almost, because, do you have the list of the four shows yeah. that they're going to yeah, make? I, do. I don't. I don't remember, but I, I remember looking at it and thinking, I don't really know who most of these are, but they could make for interesting six to ten episode um, little mini seasons that they wouldn't make for they might make for interesting but they might they probably would not make for supremely successful movies you know what I mean so by all means explore these side characters in a in a different medium than trying to base an entire film around whatever Doctor Strange or any of these other side characters it, smaller is characters it, is it too late to make a Captain America one of these <laughs> Seriously, Captain America kind of already feels to me like a 
miniseries. It's still such a B character in my eyes that it doesn't really feel like even when these movies come out, like Captain America comes out in in a wider release, I still feel like it's like a small release. You know what I mean? Like they don't put near the juice behind like Thor even that they would for Captain. I mean, that yeah. they did for Thor that they would for Captain America. I I don't think so. I don't think Captain America they still consider one of their prized prized heroes. But um, so the the list of heroes is uh, there's four of them. It's Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, also known as uh, January I I, Jones. I think right? I dated her at some point. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica. Right. Uh, no, also known as uh, Jewel, Nit- Nitrous, and Power Woman. Those are her aliases. What? And Luke Cage, <laughs> also. Isn't he from Mortal Kombat? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't memorized all the. Uh, moral that's Johnny comedy. Cage. My that's Johnny Cage. <laughs> Just anything last name Cage is is awesome. Always going to be Mortal Kombat to me. Nicholas Cage, you know. <laughs> yep. You're, so far, your theory's holding so, up. So the, <laughs> the notable aliases I'm, of him is Power Man. So it's Power Woman and Power Man, each getting their own. What about own Power show. Man Five Thousand? Are they involved? <laughs> That's the second Power Probably. Man 5000 reference in the history Believe of this podcast. Believe it or not, yeah, not the first really? time we've mentioned that. Name. Yeah, yeah. I when referenced do- it when we talked about uh, Riddick, because I felt like the action <laughs> sequences looked like a Power Man 5000 video. That's exactly, I wish I listened to the show. <laughs> Hilarious. I think, they really actually, I think they actually did the score for Riddick. If I'm not <laughs> oh, totally, like dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Them are like Mudvayne. And G.I. Joe, Retaliation. <laughs> Mudvayne shout out. You guys are funny. This is a good show. I'm going to leave us a review. <laughs> so I heard the only exciting news coming out of this is I saw that Drew Goddard is doing the Daredevil series. Yeah. Who d- he yeah. did Cabin in the Woods and – Oh, yeah. I like him. Stuff. So he's he's going to make it probably pretty fun, I would say. Uh, the other, a good choice. It really yeah. is. It, there, I don't think you could do a movie about Daredevil because there's still such a stink in everybody's <laughs> – Post from uh, from that original one with Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Garner or whatever, but that that's a that's a good character. That ha- there's a lot you could do with it. So I think the miniseries or the the Netflix series or whatever you want to call it, whatever it turns out to really be, that's a good idea. It's a good way to go. And people were freaking out about uh, whatever her name is, January Jones or Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, yeah. Um, were they? Yeah, like she has to do with, I think she's from Alias, maybe. Yeah. Whatever it is, I have no idea. But my Twitter feed went nuts with people just. This is exactly what people what Marvel should be doing, and this is going to be a great character. And so, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea, but I know that all the nerds that I follow on Twitter were really excited about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of excited for the Iron Fist show, just because it's martial arts like themed kind of. It's kind <laughs> of. It's kind of this the side of the Wolverine movie that we saw you know like the kung fu is, marvel side that we never is, see is the rizza gonna star like he did in <laughs> the man with the iron fist oh so i never saw that unfortunately. no it's actually it's actually uh inspected deck and other members of the wu-tang clan <laughs> all right it's I'm only in. starring raekwon the chef and you god unfortunately <laughs> nice nice <laughs> nice Good, nice, nice name drops, Richard. Impressive. Hey, the yeah, rest of the seriously. Up, old Dirty B, Inspected Deck, Raekwon the Chef, You God, Ghostface Killer, and the Method Man. Nice. Yeah. Man, nice. I grew up in the 90s. 
That movie's terrible, but it does have an awful lot of Wu-Tang songs, so that's, you yeah. know. You can't go wrong. That's the best part. That's sure. kind of like how I like to live my life. Like, Richard was terrible, but he listened to a lot of Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> let's, let's cue up the sad music for for this one. It's it's. Look it's at tough. this photograph! There's <laughs> that it makes me laugh! And my All right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> oh, that is sad. Sad yeah, music. Play, you, you need to play uh, "Time of Your Life" during whatever we're about to talk about. You need a little Green Day in the background. Hey, not, okay. not, not messing with you guys. I was topping around online the other day. A friend sent me this link. Um, this does exist. I know you got Brian. You're married. Kent and I are still single. Right. Um, but you know, we, we look to, to experience wedded bliss one day. Um, but on, I don't, think it's, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. People magazines, uh, wh- website. There's a uh, Chad Kroger and Avril Lavigne's keys <gasps> to successful marriage. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I'll make sure I send that over. Sweet. Uh, so your weekly recommend is, <laughs> yeah, it's a little early to see. Wear chain mail all the time. Number two. <laughs> no, it's, it's worse. It's I still like, don't no. believe that that's a real couple. Their pictures are so funny. Yeah, it's not real. I'm gonna send it over. They look photoshopped together. They really do. Yeah. There's no way they're they're actually marrying each other. Yeah. Well, it, amazing. And they anything you know, can happen, guys. If you're depressed at home, no one will talk to you. Just remember, Chad Kroger married Avril Lavigne. That's right. Your Avril's out there, and ladies, so's your Chad. And vice versa. <laughs> uh, so. Guys, the sad news. I know we all grew up in the 90s, Richard, as you mentioned before. And a staple of my 90s life. Yes. I wanted to talk about this with you guys. Yes. The Blockbuster Video. Yes. Yeah, mine too. So Blockbuster Video officially closed its 300 remaining stores. Believe it or not, they did still have stores open, physical locations. Uh, there was a few around me that I didn't notice really until this last week. I was like, oh, there's a Blockbuster there. Yeah. They were just kind of tucked away in the corner for so long. Uh, but I tried to run by and, and hit up their last minute DVD sales and all that. Didn't get a chance to do that. Should have done it. I'm an idiot. But so apparently the last movie, very fittingly, <laughs> last movie you ever rented at Blockbuster was This Is The End, starring Seth Rogen. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so very fitting fitting into Blockbuster's amazing yet groundbreaking history in the yeah. nothing to be ashamed of movie rental business Made so Brian what did you want to what did you want to talk about uh, about this no I just think Blockbuster memories uh, look every, I mean I love Blockbuster I went to Blockbuster all the time when I was a a teenager and into my my mid-twenties I mean um, one summer and not even been. Yeah, I think it was a summer. One summer, in like 2007, I want to say, they started doing a deal where you could you could basically get unlimited movies for 20 bucks a month or something something to that degree. Right. And yeah, there was a blockbuster right up the street from my apartment, and I didn't have a job, and I don't even think I had cable at that time. And so all I did was just like I you could only rent like three at a time, and so. I would just rent three movies, watch them. Go. I would go back to Blockbuster like three or four times a day, occasionally, um, and just plow through a lot of terrible movies. But uh, no, I mean Blockbuster was a major, huge influence on. I would, I would guess, on all three of us. Just being able to 
to take in that that many movies, um, and at times for very cheap, at times not for very cheap, and that I think that's why that's a big part of why Blockbuster failed is because they never could figure out the last like ten years they couldn't figure out a real business plan, and so you never knew. I think that was my my lasting frustration with Blockbuster. I think the last time I rented something, I went in and suddenly everything had gone from like. Two dollars for one night to five dollars for one night, and you're like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't know yeah. what's happening here anymore. Um, so that they 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 screwed themselves with with bad business plans. But man, huge huge part of my my I hate to say childhood, but my growing up. R. First R. place, a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, memories there. I uh, blockbuster is the first place I was ever vomited on. <laughs> um, True story, vomited on by a by a <laughs> projectile, like in my face, my mother and I, vomited on by an employee. Uh, but no, me too. I mean, every weekend was marked by, you know, a trip to Blockbuster to get a game or a movie. Yep. Uh, and then I had the, <laughs> the, uh, the pleasure and the honor, because I'm a hero, of then um, uh, using my two VCRs to make an illegal copy of whatever <laughs> I had rented. Great. Um, Back in the day, no, it's it was a uh, you know that is like such a touchstone. Maybe more, I probably spent more time. And granted, I've not been in there in years, uh, but more time in Blockbuster Video maybe than I've spent in any store in my lifetime. Yeah, and that that record may stick because I don't go to stores anymore. Right. Um. So it's you know <laughs> maybe that, that's why it's shutting down, Richard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> You know, they, they had a chance to buy Netflix, I know, in 2000 yeah. for like 10 million yeah. bucks or something. And, you know, obviously corporate-wise, business-wise, that's a mistake. But they were always going to be – they, they should be happy with their 30-year reign as Blockbuster. I mean they were everywhere. They were the predominant name in, in, in movie rental and, and historic – you know, history will look kindly upon them. Uh, and a very important business in American history. And, you know – it sounds pretentious to say that's because it is pretentious to say, but you know how many artists that we appreciate to this day are artists because of blockbuster video or how many podcasters that, you know, may not have been podcasters without, without place, very influential company. Uh, apparently terrible to work for. I knew a bunch of people that have worked for blockbuster. Yeah. They're based in Dallas here. So, and, uh, always, everyone always like wanted to just kill themselves after working right. there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's just, that's retail at its finest, but, uh, yeah, it will be missed. It will be that logo. I, I imagine the first time I see it in five or 10 years will be kind of surreal to, to see, but yeah, yeah. good, good run. Well done. Blockbuster. So I always knew it was going to be a special night when, when I got to go to Blockbuster because normally, uh, my parents only would let us go to the grocery store. Right. Or yeah. the library, yeah. or the <laughs> video updates and Hollywood videos of the world, because Blockbuster right. was seriously like five ninety nine for like yeah. one movie, yeah, for a while. And I think that that drove a lot of people away. And the late fees, remember their whole late fee yes. marketing they campaign? Were... No late fees, and uh, I remember they, somebody I... like sued them because of a late fee or something. I have several friends, and am related to one of them that. Uh, uh, have had like police show up because of blockbuster <laughs> in the nineties. <laughs> uh, the legacy of, of uh, you know other people in my family and friends. But yeah, I have a good friend Kenny that uh, also uh, yeah he had the he had the police show up one day demanding 
Uh, I remember we got a bunch of what letters. What movie was it? Please, please. No, I, I don't know what Kenny's was, but I can tell you I remember distinctly when my parents split up when I was a kid. My mom laughing maniacally because we got this mail from my dad and from Blockbuster demanding <laughs> demanding for their copy of the Rocketeer back. <laughs> it's like, look, we'll give you four bucks to replace the tape. Just get yeah. off our back. But it wasn't, dude. They would charge you like $80 yeah. if you kept it. I mean, 80. it was brutal. It's like 80 bucks for a freaking VHS. And there were those weird things that like you'd slip through the cracks. Like I remember, remember you used to be able to rent game systems? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And I never had a, I, I was a, uh, I had like PlayStation, whatever whatever the contemporary was of of. First N6. time I ever played Virtual Boy was rented from Blockbuster. Oh, um, yeah. I did that same thing remember too. That, that was remember that system. Yep, great weekend. It was all red. Yeah, terrible. Uh, terrible but I, I I rented an N sixty four for some game, you know, like as almost like a birthday present, and that wasn't available on whatever the contemporary of N sixty four was. And they just never called me, and I just kept that. N64. <laughs> I still have that N sixty four to this day. Yeah. Somehow wasn't checked out right. I don't know, but still got it. So again, Richard Barden putting Blockbuster out of business, right? <laughs> just at a time. Amazing, incredible. I think I did. I went to one one closing a couple of years ago, and I got like Inglorious Bastards on Blu ray for like one dollar. <laughs> Seriously, one buck. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll I'll take this and leave nice. and never come nice. here again. Awesome. <laughs> So R.I.P. Blockbuster, we had good times. Yeah. Hopefully it makes guys, a resurgence someday. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Like Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you guys do you all use any kind of store or, or anything like that? Like di- like physical media to rent movies, or is it all just streaming or illegal downloads or whatever? I'll use Redbox on occasion. Okay. Yeah, I do. That's if I rent, I'll go Redbox. Yeah. Usually. Or I'll just hit up Netflix. If it's not on Netflix, uh, probably iTunes is my next go-to place, and probably then Amazon Instant would be another place I would look. Before I'd probably drive and go to an actual movie rental place, but that, there's a used movie place uh, over around us, like Movie Trading Company and, and places right. like that, where I'll just go spend five dollars and buy it if I'm going to rent it. Yeah, if it's an, a movie that I know I'll probably end going to end up ha- want to have for. Uh, kids someday if it's a family type movie or just myself because I love movies and stuff. So if it's worth it, I'll just spend five bucks on a used copy on Amazon for you know a dollar to ship to me or whatever. So right. What about you? There's other ways. What, what are your habits? Yeah, I do. I I I know that I'm I'm rare, but I, I I've said before on the show. I'm sure I I will be the I, I will be the last person going into these stores because I I love the. Uh, the randomness of the physical storefront of of uh, yeah. you know a bookstore or a a record store yeah. or a, a video store. There's a family. Yeah, I go to Family Video, and what I do is uh, at at Family Video you can uh, which there's several in the Metroplex. It's but it's yeah. a mom and pop. I mean it's it's like a franchise mom and pop, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but. Um, no, they, they offer a deal where it's like for like, I don't know, $15 or something, you can get half half price rentals for a month. And I basically like three times a year, I'll take a couple of days of vacation because I have so much vacation and nowhere to go. And uh, and I'll just go and like, okay, I'm going to pay my 15 bucks for, for half price rentals and I'll rent 20 movies over you know a week and just play 
complete catch up on all that stuff. But I don't do the red box thing. I don't know what it is. I've just never, I don't do it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Part of it is because like by the time it gets to red box, usually it's like a month old. And if I really wanted to see it, then I've already seen it. If not, then I can wait for Netflix or something. But, uh, I don't know. And, and also I, you, you guys probably know I don't. I uh, I'm uncomfortable with people. I don't like people very much. And uh, <laughs> there's always to, someone like, at the red box. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always like I mean, look. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a terrible <laughs> person, but it's always somebody that I do not want to talk to <laughs> that is in line okay. at the red box. And your euphemisms me. for Asians, Brian, are not fooling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm no. Uh, yeah, I'm the yeah. same way. It's the worst, but at the same time. <laughs> There's I a, always feel I like there's a family, the... yeah, like there's a family of like six children fighting over what yeah. movie they're gonna rent, and it's a mom is like blowing cigarette smoke directly into the child's mouth, like Buster <laughs> and Lucille Bluth, and I just I don't know, I just can't the handle best it. Part about my house is that I live in walking distance to a red box. That's nice. Yeah. So I will literally and a hookah walk. bar. So there's that. <laughs> nice. Me and Corey hitting it up. <laughs> With all of our, uh, you know, Turkish friends. But, uh, yeah, so, but uh, I, I'll i just walk over there and uh, grab a uh, grab a movie if I'm in the mood. Or, or a video game. Because I, I don't, I play probably about eh, seven hours of video games a year. Right. Which is just enough to Redbox, but not enough to ever, like, buy a video game. Sure. So, uh, I'm all about Redbox video. When, they're like, when, like, NBA 2K stuff comes out or, or Madden, I'll just Redbox it, play it, and then... Take it back the next day. Because I get if you like judging people, just go to a red box. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just rain judgment on people for the movies that they choose oh, to rent. Me too, and and loudly. And, and the like reasons a- they choose to rent them too. So it's yeah. great. Oh, yeah, this I, one has Rachel McAdams from The Notebook. Yeah, how dare money. you? And then how swipe, credit you? card is swiped before they even know what the movie's called. <laughs> Well, Amazing. Health Inspector was pretty good, so I mean, this got to be a pretty good Larry the Cable Guy movie. Yeah. <laughs> Every direct DVD, it's like, oh, this one has Russell Crowe, so it's got to be good, even though it only came out in Australia for like a week. <laughs> and so red, Dead Man Down, you know that movie? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Colin Farrell and like Russell Crowe. Just added that Crazy. to my Netflix queue. Right. <laughs> Boom. Well, you, I know you'll watch it, Brian. You watch everything. Yeah, it'll be part of my catch-up at the end of the so year. So we'll do our Dead Man Down podcast next week. Right. <laughs> hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? 
Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right. Guys, let's talk about Thor. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him. I'll kill you. All right, well, guys, I'm going to... Richard, I know you especially. You're a Thor fan, randomly. I like Thor. You do. Is that random? Do you find that random that I'm a Thor fan? Yeah, I I think you've made it clear a couple of times on this podcast and on the radio that... Thor was like your favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. It was like, well, there's a whole lot of sexy in it and the girls aren't bad looking either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, no, I, I think, uh, no, I love, I love Thor. I, I I don't know why. I just find it really enjoyable. Nice. Like more than any other Marvel movie, I find them to be the perfect mixture of like sci-fi and kind of pop culture, you know, poppy. It's just, they're very easy to watch. And the more you watch that first Thor, the more you appreciate it, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. So let's go through first impressions now. Um, Brian Gill, start us off here. Just give us your uh, overall thoughts on Thor The Dark World and talk about your love for the original Thor and all that good stuff. So Yeah, I, I'm with you, Richard. I It's not my favorite, but it is it, the, the original Thor. It definitely, it gets better every time I watch it. And I really... Um, you. I'll let you you uh, bring up the points that you like to make about Thor, but you, you you've you've opened my eyes to a couple of different things that go on in that that uh, movie, and the fact that it's the fact that it's good because it's it's got such a I would say a a, a higher level of difficulty than some yeah. of the other movies That's pull cool. up. Um, but yeah, it gets better every time I watch it, and I've gotten to where I've gotten to where really the only part that is not good about that movie is the the lack of chemistry between Natalie Portman and, and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Put me uh, in that role. God, right. Exactly. Chemistry. Um, I mean her, I give her some chemistry. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, I, I've come to really appreciate that one more than I did uh, upon first viewing. Um, I want to say and hope that that is, will be the same with this movie because I really did not like this movie at all. Um, <laughs> I I won't call it I won't call it a bad movie. Um, but there's a lot of I'll just say it's it's gen, it's very blah. It's just it's very generic, and I would say compl- I would say lifeless is the, the the biggest thing to me. It just feels very stale. 
and hollow, and I'm I'm disappointed. And I came out thinking eh, it was okay, but it wasn't, you know, whatever. It was fine. And I started talking to a buddy of mine who had seen it the day before. And uh, the more I talked about it, the more I just was like, no, you know what? The, I I don't think that was a good movie, and I'm I'm very disappointed in uh, in where we've we've landed with with uh, with this film. Sure, and I want to echo some stuff you said, Brian. For sure. Before we before we move on, you said a word that what did you say? Lifeless. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I I was trying to think of a word. The ones I wrote down were uninspired. Yeah, and convenient. That's a good um, one. And convenient and for some plot points that I can talk about here in a minute. But I, I like your lifeless is a good word because this was the first movie from Marvel that I've seen since this, um, since I really took off here since, since just Iron Man came out, this immediate, um, these last five immediate movies, uh, including the Avengers. It's the first one that's like truly felt like they, they were just going through the motions or something. Yeah. And it truly felt like they were just, all right, let's make another Thor movie and put it out. You know? Right. It didn't. Right. And, and the, the, the more I think about it compared to this one, the more I like the original Thor. Like, sure. The, the original Thor is so much better than this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just Why didn't Brano come back? Was that his choice? He was Thor? back, but he dropped out of the, the, the Dark World, like midway through he did making a really this good movie. Job. Really good job with that first one. Yeah, he did. He really did. And so, yeah, I went back and watched that before I saw this one. It just doesn't compare. This just feels just so small. For mm-hmm. a Marvel movie, um, I just w- expected so much more from this, I guess, than than we got. It, we got, it was a lot of Asgard, like yes, it, it felt like yes. it felt like th- it felt like mainly the love scenes from Attack of the Clones with Queen Amidala, yes. and yes, for half of it, mixed with like Lord of the Rings hobbits, like yes. a ton of names <laughs> and elves and uh, things. <laughs> So it was just very super – or more fantasy than I thought it should have been. I thought it should have mm-hmm. been more comic book and sci-fi. But it was very much yep. fantasy. Uh, it wasn't very dark. I didn't really understand the uh, extru- the the villain in it. It was kind of yep. a, a, a goo was the villain <laughs> in here. So those are my immediate – those are my immediate thoughts. It's not a bad movie because it's, it's very – it's well made. It's – it's what you'll you'll see in in every superhero movie that you see. I mean, it's probably actually more well done than a lot that I've seen. I mean, the CGI is good. It it I mean, it dazzles the eye at at certain moments, but it um, overall just you you got to do better than your first movie. I'm sorry, you got to do give me something. The the first one was just so much more exciting and fun and. Uh, I don't know. This is just way too different from what I grew to like about the first one. So, Richard. Best movie ever. <laughs> um, no, it, 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 I, I actually will echo. As much as I love Thor, uh, the, the the first one, um, and I love Hemsworth, and, and I love all the parts of this movie, I, I love, like Kent, you said the cinematography and the effects are very cool. There's a lot of really good parts of this, but you're right. It, 
it doesn't come together well. Um, I think losing Brenna, I think Brenna was such a unique choice for Thor to direct it. And uh, his kind of sensibility brought a lot to it that I think was the main thing lacking from this movie. Um, especially just directing the performances. The performances seemed, with the exception of Hemsworth, who's always good. But the, the performances seemed a lot more wooden than they, they did in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, it might be the script, things like that. You know, and obviously this with, with Iron Man 3, I mean, I'm not too wowed so far with this Marvel Universe 2.0. Um, and, and some of the conceits that they have to give up for whatever this plot is going to be are kind of um, yeah, kind of silly compared to. I mean, look, it's a comic movie. I, I'm, I'm willing to believe anything, but uh, I think that first plotting of the first you know group of movies was so good that this is kind of a, a little bit of a letdown. It's still better than most things that come out, but uh, yeah, I mean. Well, great. I won't give away my grade on it, but yeah, definitely, definitely substantially worse than the first Thor. Um, still better, I thought, than the Captain America movie, um, maybe, uh, and 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 on par maybe with Iron Man three. But you're right, very formulaic. But you know, like I said, I, I don't know if they give them a chance to not be formulaic because they're so beholden to this grand plot um, that these movies are going to take for Avengers that I think it's hard not to be formulaic when trying to resolve things for that plot but uh but i'm willing to be convinced otherwise but yes definitely definitely a step in the wrong direction for uh you know the asgardian one sure um so i don't know if you guys saw but i saw before the before the movie even started we got a five minute look at the new captain america did you guys see the extended extended preview for it no i didn't i didn't get that either okay no well i was in like a sort of a faux IMAX uh, screening, like extreme digital or something. Yeah. Uh, I avoided it this time. So it was in 3D. I didn't want to see it in 3D, but it's weird. It's weird how the most overpriced one is always the one that falls within my schedule. It's like the only time I can see it. Like, so I have to pay the extra eight bucks to see a four foot bigger screen. (laughs) Great. Thanks guys. It does not make that much of a difference. I'm sorry. Yeah. It really doesn't. So no yeah we got like a, a a whole scene from I guess it's a scene I don't know if it's going to be in the movie from the Winter Soldier and kind of an extended trailer look at the the Winter Soldier and I gotta say it looked better than the Thor trailer the Dark yeah. World like yeah. this no, this I, movie I didn't really have me excited coming in no. I gotta admit but the new no. Captain America looks pretty cool like it, it looks like uh sort of a Shield movie like with Captain America. Yeah. Like I, I don't think Captain America is big enough or good enough, and I don't think Marvel feels like he is either to, to warrant like his own like serious franchise. But he does so well like in the company of other people and heroes, like he did in the Avengers, was awesome. Um, so like the Winter Soldier is going to be in this, and there's a lot. I mean, the trailer was pumping like Scarlett Johansson and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, huge. Yeah, yeah I think ScarJo like, might even be in the love yeah. interest in that one. Yeah, so. So I mean it's it looks it looks exciting and it's um and that's that's coming out just here in the first quarter of 2014 so that'll be a good one to to look out for and we'll talk about Captain America here in a, in a minute but I I kind of enjoyed how the movie started I'll admit with Loki and Chains uh, yeah. walking up just just like the end of the Avengers when he he left in Chains from New York I like how they kept that together there there was there were kind of a lot of References to the Avengers in this. Did you notice that? 
Yes. Yeah, I felt like there were four or five times. Iron Man was the same way. With, with I feel like there was like one or two, maybe with just a little kid. But yeah, but remember they kept asking him about like what it was like when he went into space and yeah, maybe, maybe I'm oh, thinking of more than oh, and he was like having the flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah that is true. Yeah. Uh, so it just it just felt more trying to be associated with the Avengers more than this than uh, Iron Man did. Yes, to me. Yeah. And yes. for other reasons, uh, spoilers coming up now for for Thor. Uh, if you like Thor, go see it. I'll say that. But um, yeah, definitely worth it. It's it's worth a see if you're a Thor fan for sure. So yeah, the Captain America a little cameo, not really a cameo, but but Loki I guess turns into Captain America just jokingly for a second. I don't know what the I see why they did that. It didn't really get a laugh in my theater. Because we had already seen Captain America as the trailer before the movie, so it wasn't like, oh, Captain America. Because yeah. <laughs> we were kind of like, oh, okay, him again, sweet. Uh, so there were, there, were, there were moments like that. Um, what did you not, not like specifically, Brian? Anything stick, stick out to you? Oof. Yeah, I man, there's a lot that I really was not, uh, not fond of. Um, I thought they hid Hemsworth, which bothers me because we've, we've talked about before. I think Chris Hemsworth is a is a, a movie star, and there yeah. aren't many movie stars anymore. And they uh, like the first movie really gives him an opportunity to act and to show off some of his talent. I feel like and, and Avengers, he had a smaller role, but it was the same thing. I really felt like this entire movie, he just spent just swinging his hammer around yeah. the, the whole time, and it really wasn't. <laughs> um, no double entendre intended, but uh, there there really wasn't much acting for him to do. Um, I don't understand why this this planet, I guess, if you want to call it, this world within the Marvel universe can't figure out how to develop ancillary characters. Um, but I, I mean, I really, if you just gave me Thor and Loki, you could take every single one of these characters and flush them. And I wouldn't even, I, I, I would have no complaints yeah. whatsoever. I don't understand what the point of casting an Academy award winning, very good actress like Natalie Portman in a role that you give her absolutely nothing to do. Um, and that was my, again, is my main complaint with the first Thor, which is like, what they don't know what to do with, with, uh, with her that extends to this, to this movie. Um, you know, I thought it was honestly, and, and I, I, I should, I should preface by saying, there was a group of teenagers skipping school in my in my theater, and so I I sat as far away from them as I as I could. So I, I sat at like the top row in a very large theater, um, which is not always the the best view, I guess, of the screen. Oh yeah, but it's, uh, it was well, <laughs> it's the best it view for right? I, I found this to be a corner. <laughs> nice. Um, I found doing this an afternoon show to Thor, yeah. kids. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> nice. You skipping high school? <laughs> I went to high school once. All right. The year um, was twenty three. <laughs> anyway, I found that to be a very a kind of ugly movie and a dark movie. It, it looked to me like something I, I saw it in two D. Um, honestly, it just visually it looked like a movie that was sloppily post converted to 3d in, in post-production and, and as such was just very kind of dark and, 
and ugly. Um, I didn't care for that. And again, just the entire this uh, man, this movie could can't you? I think you said maybe it was you, Richard. You, you kind of said that it they they're striving really hard to connect it to the Avengers, and I I think the reason for that is because. I think every other Marvel movie um, had it had legs to stand on its own. It was connect, interconnected to its own world and to the Marvel universe, but but it could it could be a standalone um, decent movie. This this is so standalone that it doesn't it doesn't really have any impact to the first movie and to the, 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 the world and the universe in which it lives. My, my meaning of that is, with that is um, this could have been like, I really feel like almost that this script was just a, some kind of strange cross between us. Just like you said, can a sci-fi movie and a, and a Lord of the Rings knockoff that they then kind of turned into a Thor movie. It doesn't really have any stakes and it doesn't have any bearing on the uni- the Marvel universe as a whole. Does that make sense? Am I yeah. am I just completely oh, off? Yeah, totally. Um, and 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 lastly, the I really I think the first movie, the reason that it is so accessible when it really shouldn't be, and why it gets better with every viewing, is because they because uh, Branagh made it uh, made it a movie that felt like it, it mattered to Earth. I guess what what happened in this in this movie or in that movie this one does not there's way too much Asgard there's way too much off planet stuff happening um I really think they missed an opportunity to kind of start where they ended uh spoiler but but basically you know you go through this movie with Thor is supposed to be the king and he's he's going to get promoted to king pretty soon here um, and then at the end, he bails on that and says, no, I've got to protect the realm. I can't be on the throne, blah, blah, blah. I think that the way to do this this movie and, and really this this franchise moving forward is to, to basically make it clear that Thor cares more about Earth than he does any of the other realms that, that he has reign over. And therefore, he's got to spend all of his time protecting Earth. Whereas this was all about, let me protect Asgard, let me protect my homeland, all this sort of thing. And it, it loses accessibility to the point, I almost fell asleep. Like, I really just got to a point where I didn't care what was happening anymore. And I've never felt that way with a Marvel movie to this point. Sorry, I just rambled on for like 20 minutes, but I, there were a lot no, I feel of like, this movie. I feel yeah, And there's I used the word convenient in my initial thoughts and I like to explain myself now. Um, you know, like in now you see me, we talked about the, do I <laughs> the GPS dot tracker. Yes. Ugh, I yes. felt like in this movie, they, they, they needed to explain so many things with a, for a reason for Natalie Portman's character to be there. And <laughs> yeah. And Kat yeah. Dennings, by the way, who, Serves no purpose in Thor one, let alone Thor two. <laughs> and they, they brought in another one, they and then they bring another- back a, a love interest for her. Uh, I'm like, you gotta be yeah. kidding me! Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. That that part should have just been deleted from the movie. That whole Cat yeah. Dennings is just no 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 point at all. But anyway, so I can think of a couple uh, points. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, so sorry. So. 
so to me, in order to meet up with Kat Dennings' character, she has like a Natalie Portman's character has like a device that reads like portals, a, a portal yep. detector. Yeah, I'm with you. So, <laughs> and so, do those exist? Like, I don't. I don't. Uh, obviously, anytime you need a detector of any kind, you can just invent a technology that detects that thing. Right. I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? The- they only sell them at Blockbuster, though, so... <laughs> yeah. hey, you're out of luck now, Kit. Sorry, man. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? There was another yeah. time in the movie that had the same thing. There was another device. Oh, it was the devices that opened the portals. It was like yeah. a PVC pipe and like a oxygen tank. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, the guy had like rigged up with it in the back of his car. <laughs> it was yeah. like, yeah. don't you know what these do? Just open up portals. Uh, but I thought that was just kind of funny the uh the devices throughout the movie that were yeah that popped up out of nowhere she's a scientist kid <laughs> so yeah i i she she said that multiple times in the movie i'm a scientist uh we know we don't care we don't that was we Denise don't Richards don't, and another part about her you know when like thor and loki are like driving the john carter ship through asgard and <laughs> Like she's on the back of it and she's like sleeping or passed out or something. And then there's like a blanket and pillow on the ship on the little like cruiser barge thing. I was like, where, where did the blanket and pillows come from all of us? Because they were like in the middle of a fight and they turn around and see her and she's like covered in a blanket and pillows. (laughs) It was like set director came in at the last minute. It was like, wait a minute. This will look good. Wait a minute. Makes no logical sense at all. Um, I didn't like the ether aspect. Like I said, there's no true villain in this movie. Like no, Christopher Eccleston is in it as the goblin, somebody (laughs) or elf or somebody dark elf, but he does look like a goblin from like, yeah, he's got CGI face and makeup on and a voice with like subtitles. Yeah. So really the only villain is Loki, but he's like not the villain for more than half the movie. Spoiler alert there too. So, <sighs> yeah, that's that to me is <laughs> yeah. number one. If I'm Marvel, or if I'm if I'm the if I'm like consulting with Marvel, my 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 number one thing for future Marvel movies is, can you please? And I think they're gonna do this with Avengers too, but we'll see. Can we please get a compelling villain? Because Loki in Avengers is the only thing that comes close to a strong villain in this in this franchise. That and, like, the Mandarin Loki. for the first half of Iron Man 3, and then... Loki and into... Thor, too. I don't like Loki and Thor, actually. Really? I, oh, okay. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I know that I am in the minority on that. I think in... I think they went, for me personally, with Thor, they went so far in the direction of trying to make him, like, a sympathetic villain yeah. that I felt like he was a little bit toothless. I, I really feel like... Uh, Whedon gave him a lot more, uh, gave him more bite in Avengers, and and that was when he turned into a useful character for me personally. Um, but they've got to find a way. They've got to find their Joker. You know what I mean? They've got to get yeah. something that makes because eventually, Vader. yes, and I think that will that will help. But I think if you only give us great villains in the Avengers movies eventually, I mean, these are always going to make money, but they're going to run their course as far as touchstone moment, moments of the movie calendar. If you can't find 
somebody that can raise the stakes a little bit and make it an interesting and compelling battle between our heroes and, you know, whoever the bad guy is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we got a little glimpse at another villain in the post credits or the mid credit sequence. Did you guys stick around and see that? Yeah, yeah I saw it. Yeah. The Benicio yeah. del Toro. Yeah. The did that not look like something straight out of like Pacific Rim? Yeah. It did. It looked it like had a Guillermo real del Toro. Toro feel, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of del Toros in there. It felt like Joel Schumacher was behind it. <laughs> it felt like something out of like Batman Forever. Yeah. Well, the nipples, Didn't the it? nipples of the monster were distracting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're gonna. That sort of bridges the gap for Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Right there. Is that so, the next one after after, after uh, Captain America is Guardians? And then after that is Ant Man, and then Avengers. No, after or? after Guardians is Avengers two, and then Ant Man yeah. after Avengers. Yeah. Okay. So. So it felt like this movie really it only like Marvel was sitting in the conference room like all right we need a Thor sequel and mm-hmm. its purposes need to be a to explain stuff that happened in Thor 1 and right. and and the Avengers and B to bridge the gap to the next movie. Okay, yeah. let's do that and fill in the fill in the blank with uh CGI or whatever you can think of and yeah. Let's make it, and it'll be a hundred million dollar movie in the first weekend, which it was eighty nine, right. pretty close. So, I mean, it's very formulaic, and it's what it's not what I would expect, honestly. I expect yeah. better from Marvel. You know, totally. yeah. this is really the even... first. This is the first movie that I do am legitimately not excited to see again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Avengers. All I wanted to do was walk right back in the theater and watch it again. Even like, right. even Iron Man two. Like, I had feelings like that. You know. Yeah. And this was not at all. It was just, ugh. I and I, I, the one thing that I left Thor one thinking, I was like, man, if we can just get, as long as it's Thor two will be fine, as long as there's no scenes that don't have Thor or Loki. Like there are scenes with just Natalie Portman, Stellan Skarsgård, and her like right. crew doing some B storyline that nobody cares about. Like show us what, show us Thor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, so that's annoying. Yeah. So if they make another one, I think Thor needs to be the centerpiece. Don't don't have any scenes without Thor or something right. like Thor. That's, that's what the Avengers is so good because when you're not getting Thor, you're getting Captain America or you're getting right. Hulk or you're getting Iron Man for God's sake. So yeah, uh. yeah totally. No, I, I'm with you. I you said uh, I, I mean the the uh, closing sequence or the credit sequence kind of felt like Del Toro. There's other parts of this that feel like a Lord of the Rings like. There, you, you mentioned earlier the opening, Kent, a, the opening before yeah. the Loki sequence. The yeah. opening was all just exposition, just like Lord of the Rings. Right. There's a lot that feels like like uh, Star Wars, but not the good Star Wars. Like it feels like the prequels, even the sound effects. Like yeah. when they're trying to escape Asgard in the uh, those little cruisers or whatever, they they sound like pod racers. And um, yeah. that, to me, the whole thing. I can't even call it lazy. I don't. I don't. I don't think it was lazy. I just think they didn't really know what to do with this. You're, you know, whoever said it, you're right. It's like, all right, we got to do a Thor two. Uh, let's just see what happens. And and I I just don't feel like they had a good plan for how to execute this movie. And as such, you get kind of a meh storyline and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of plot points and effects and visuals and everything that just kind of looks like. 
a knockoff of about a dozen other things that were that were better um, for me at least, including Thor one. Yes, like yeah. I thought the Asgard stuff in Thor one looked way better than Thor two. Totally, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm crazy on that one. No, I'm not going to sit there and compare them side by side, but like I felt, I felt like visually stunned by Thor one's visuals. You know the. Rainbow Bridge and, and Asgard itself, with I thought it would, looked gorgeous. In this, it just felt dirty. And I understand that the movie's called The Dark World, okay? It has to be dark, okay? I understand, okay? We get it. We get it. We get that it's dark. Now, just show us cool-looking stuff. Like, I don't understand the need for, like, just grittiness all the time. Ever since yeah. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, it's like... Every superhero movie that has come out since then, except Avengers, which was awesome, has been like, all right, let's just make everything really gray and raining half the time, which it rained like <laughs> half this movie too. I hate that. And the the whole circle above Natalie Portman, or it's not raining above her, but it's raining above Thor. Like, I don't – what's going on? Yeah. Too many portals everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Too much physics that they made up to uh, – just for this movie, they made up so many phys- like physics theories just for the movie. Um, way more than even like like they needed to. Just like random physics theories. Uh, there's there's I mean there is our fun moments uh, like when at the end I I did agree, I did like Loki being Odin at the end. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and I'm glad Loki's not dead. Spoiler alert there too. So, I guess they're too scared to kill off Loki because he's yeah. the only good villain in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the only reason I can think of to keep Loki around. Right. Like, well, at least we'll have him if we need him. You know, in the he's kind of like the, the scarecrow of these movies. Like he'll yeah. show up in some capacity to all of them. I think. Yeah, well, I'm I'm fine with that. I almost like Loki more than Thor. If this had been Loki to the Dark World, <laughs> then uh, that that would have been probably like this movie more but yeah so not a not a great effort by marvel not a failure by any means there are easily worse movies this year this is definitely is not even in my bottom five or bottom ten probably this year but it's just not 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 great but not awful so uh what is your grade richard b minus brian um i'd say C C plus and and the worst of the of the Marvel movies. I mean th- this this go round, you know, since yeah. whatever two thousand eight or whenever. And this... I was gonna say that although I do enjoy Thor, Thor is my least favorite of the Marvel movies, and this is this wasn't even as good as that. So this might make it my least favorite Marvel movie ever. Yeah, am I gonna go out on a limb there and say that? Maybe Norton's Hulk might be a little. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys? I would like have that? this. Yeah, I would have this on the bottom for me. For me, I, I for me, it's. I think it's probably Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man three, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man two, Hulk, and then this one. Boom! There you go. Uh, so yeah, I, my my grade's gonna be a, a solid B minus. Yeah, I. Two B's and a C. Not not very good, Marvel. Yeah. Hopefully you step up your game for for Captain America next next winter. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on. 
Let's do uh, the weekly recommends, shall we? Weekly recommends. So, so I want to recommend um, a stand-up comedy. We, we talked about <clears throat> Netflix exclusive stuff before, and I want to ex- recommend a Netflix exclusive stand-up comedy special, Aziz Ansari. Uh, it's called Buried Alive. It's about an hour uh, stand-up special from yeah. this year, yeah. this past year. Really, really funny. Uh, if you don't know him, he's most well-known probably for Parks and Recreation, and he's done a, a couple movies uh, here and there. Uh, man, he's absolutely on on his game in this uh, Good. This stand-up. It's one of the best. Brian, you'll love it. It's like he just turned 30, so like half his bits are just about like being a young adult and like all nice. his friends are married and everyone's having kids and like stuff like that. But it's awesome. really, really funny. I mean, even if you're not married or have kids, you'll... You'll think his stuff is good. So his delivery is just is just hilarious. I think he he's probably one of the top top stand-ups out right now. I mean, Louis C.K. is obviously probably number one in all our eyes, but uh, Aziz, he's he's, he's, no. <laughs> Aziz is getting up there though. I mean, he's he's pretty pretty dang funny. I, I will give him that. He's I'm, great at stand-up. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it's it's good. I I love his first. Stand-up act, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I really. I just watched the second one recently, like oh, I don't know, a couple mil- months ago. Yeah, and I, it wasn't as good, and it it really derailed. Like he had like yeah. two or three really good bits, and the rest. I mean, he's he's one of those comics that he's gonna go for. I don't know. He, he's probably gonna do three or four extended bits, and if that if that bit is not funny, then you've got twenty minutes of. Just like the premise of the bit is not funny, and so you've got twenty minutes to just deal with it. And uh, so, anyway, I'm I'm glad to hear can't, that. Uh, well, don't hold me to that if you hate it. it. No, no, no. That, I, I'm excited. <laughs> but to I watch thought it was good. It, and I, I'm 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 hope. And if you say it, then I I'm with you. I, I'm glad that he's he's kind of back because that second one was just kind of I, what really felt like um, he didn't have enough good material um, to. to yeah. To go on, so and what a good. better way to release a stand-up special than Netflix? Yeah, totally. Like, like totally. Louis Louis did that like five dollar stand-up mm-hmm. special, and a lot of like, including Aziz and Jim Gaffigan and people did it too. Or yeah, even after you would buy the stand-up special on somebody's website, you would still have to have it like on your computer or on a disc or yeah or somewhere. You know, you still own the thing. But I think Netflix is a great way for for stand-up comedians to, to release specials on there. So hopefully we get a lot more. I mean, it says Netflix a Netflix presentation and everything on there. So yeah. I, like, like they paid for it and everything to to happen. So that's awesome. So I uh, recommend that. Aziz Ansari, uh, Buried Alive is my recommend. So Brian. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a, uh, an article this week. Um, the uh, Sports Illustrated blog, the Monday Morning Quarterback, that's run by uh, Peter King. Um, it's kind of like their, I guess it's sort of their version of Grantland if Grantland was just focused on one, uh, sport. But, uh, anyway, they wrote and they published an article today. I can't remember the author's name, so you just have to search Monday Morning Quarterback and we'll have Kent link it on the website as well. Uh, they did an article today, a long article on, uh, Sam Hurd, who if you don't know who that is, is a former Dallas Cowboy and Chicago Bear wide receiver who got uh, wrapped up in a substantial um, drug 
bust, I guess, for lack of, I mean, he was, he was attempting to import, uh, tons, literally tons of cocaine from Mexican cartels to distribute all throughout the streets of Dallas and Chicago and widely across the NFL, which is the most, not surprising, but very interesting part of the article. Anyway, this, uh, it's a long, long form article, um, but it really delves in and they talk to Heard and they talk to some of the, the, uh, other people involved in the case, but, uh, they also kind of like pieced together their own like timeline of how all this stuff went down, including several collections of audio from like the, uh, police surveillance that they had on Heard and his accomplices and whatnot. Um, it's a fascinating read. It'll take you 20 or 30 minutes at least to, to get through it. Um, but man, it's, it's definitely worth your time. Even if you're not a, uh, a sports fan or a football fan, um, it's just a really interesting article and, uh, really kind of, kind of eye opening in a way just to see how, I don't know. It, we all know that like we live in a culture that, uh, is, is pretty, uh, um, reliant on drugs in a lot of in a lot of ways in a lot of areas. Um, How do you think I get through this podcast? <laughs> exactly, but it's always interesting to see. Like I, I always get a a lot of interest out of reading an article where it really delves into like how many NFL players are smoking pot, you know what I mean? Things like that. It's just yeah. a, it's kind of an eye opening thing. And it's, it's very interesting. So I would, uh, I'd highly recommend it and we'll, uh, I'll tweet it out tomorrow or uh, later this week and, uh, we'll, we'll have Kent put it on the website as well, but it's a great, great article, uh, that I would love for you guys to read. We'll do it. I, uh, I actually, I did read that actually Sweet. today. Sweet. It took me, yeah, like you said, 30 minutes or so. Yeah. I was going to recommend it, but. I didn't want to do another article. I think I did one in last week or something. Sure. But yeah. man, yeah, what an interesting story. It plays out like a movie. It really does. It's like Fargo yeah. or something. Yeah. With him meeting at these random like he meets in a like a discount tire for half the stuff and like right. diners and man, it's really really interesting story and um so yeah, I would definitely yeah. recommend that as well. They do so, a great job of playing both sides of it cuz you yeah. you I mean, you kind of can't help but feel a little bit sorry for the guy. I mean, look, I, I'm not in support of, of, of drugs and, and the people who are importing them should definitely go to jail. But you definitely get the sense that this guy got roped into something that he probably wasn't really aware of what he was doing on all levels. You know, it, it's there's a there's a gray area as to what Sam Hurd actually um, knew he was he was participating in and, and so yeah. you, you know you definitely feel a little bit you know and, and and he got turned on by every single person involved in in his group and that's that's kind of a bummer um, so you do feel sorry for him but they don't play that up either which is always good because I always hate reading an article and it's like hey this guy tried to murder seventeen people but we should feel sorry for him you know what I mean but they they hit both sides of that and I I, I feel good about it so good article nice Richard. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a uh, well sale that's going on as well as a certain movie. So uh, Barnes Noble until December 2nd or 7th, I don't remember, one of the two, is doing their Criterion, 50% off all the Criterion movies. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and uh, a new one came out today, which is one of my favorite movies ever. It's my favorite. Uh, I love Modern Times and I love The Great Dictator, but my favorite Charlie Chaplin movie is City Lights, and that came out Criterion uh, today. Nice. Uh, so uh, Blu-ray and DVD, it's 20 bucks right now. 
uh, as are pretty much everything is you know fifteen to twenty bucks if you get it through Barnes and Noble. It's available in store or through their website. Great deals. Love those movies. Love those editions. Chaplin's the man, and uh, that's all I got. Sweet. Awesome. Did you see awesome. that? Did you see that? Sasha Baron Cohen, Charlie Chaplin yes. thing. Yes. 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 I'm yes. Ask you. Very funny. Very did you funny. see that, Brian? No, I didn't. He won a Charlie Chaplin Award from the BAFTA. Uh-huh. Um, and so they they have they bring Selma Hayek out, and she uh, presents a woman who was actually the last living actress to be in a film with Chaplin. She was a child actress uh-huh. um, uh, with with Chaplin in 1931. And anyway, so that she's in the wheel. They wheel her out, and then and then they say, and this year's Chaplin Award goes to. Um, uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen. It's this very sort of hoity-toity event, and uh, Clooney and everyone's in the, in, in the audience. And, and Sasha Baron Cohen goes to the stage and he begins to speak. And the the woman that hands him the award says, "This is actually a, a cane uh, that Charlie Chaplin gave to me when I was on set with him, and I want you to have it." It's a very touchy moment. Uh-huh. She hands him the cane, and he uh, he kind of does. He puts it on the ground and kind of does a. That Charlie Chaplin move where he kind of leans on the cane and does makes the kind of weird face. Right. When he does, it breaks and he runs into her wheelchair and throws her off the stage. Oh my gosh! This eight-year-old woman. Well, come to find out, it's a stunt woman that he's hired. <laughs> I think it's a bit, but this lady literally launches like twenty feet into the thing, and people are just screaming, horrified. It's like, She's dead. Like she is dead. Like, <laughs> so, she's so decrepit and old. Anyway, she was apparently in a bunch of makeup. She was only like actually like sixty years old or something. Uh, but she looks like hundred and forty, and it is so funny. <laughs> but just the, the absolute shrieks from people because, like, you know, kind of think he's up to something. I mean, Sasha Cohen, but but this time you really don't like he plays yeah. it so sincere and she it, it fools anybody if you don't know it's coming um and she just goes face first into the crowd in her wheelchair and hey, uh did you guys hear um ollie g's coming back what yeah it's fx awesome like real like the real show is coming all new episodes and everything that's gonna that, be awesome that is such good news i didn't know that somehow ollie g's incredible respect respect <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here? <laughs> nope, that's all I got. All right, guys. Uh, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye.